Let's start this week off with a bang. There's a lot going on in the NFL. We got some college football stuff we're going to talk about. We got Tim Tebow. We got Travis Etienne at wide receiver. We got tackles and and guys getting injured in the offseason workouts and whatnot when they're not at team facilities. Like, what is the NFL going to do about that? What about the NFL PA? I mean, there's all kind of different stuff. NFL odds have come out for the divisions. Uh, Tom Brady going back to Foxborough. The ticket prices on that are absurd. We got a lot to talk about. And, of course, the Egg Bowl. There's a lot to discuss. That's a short show, but... I am so glad that you chose to start your week with us. If you are listening to this, we certainly appreciate you. And if you would so kindly, share the show out. Tell your friends about it. Tell them to listen. And if you're not already, make sure that you are subscribed on YouTube and on the podcast. I say we go ahead and hit an ad, and then let's get to the show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. Solo show for myself, Gary Seegers. It is the Monday, May 17th podcast. And hopefully you all are starting off your week with a bang. Hopefully everything is going well. We had a fun week last week. If you have not already listened, go and check it out. We did four shows with two divisions each show, recapping the NFL draft. We waited a week, let our thoughts settle, try and figure out what everybody else was thinking, give our own minds a chance to figure out exactly what was happening. And uh, and we had a good time. We had our buddy Kyle Provence from the Sportsbook Review uh, NFL show, jump on, and he's also on the MLB show as well, has done some of the NBA work over there. He does daily fantasy sports on his own channel over at YouTube at DFS Bachelor, so make sure you go and check that out. Definitely a good time with him. So, uh, go ahead and tell you guys to help us out. We certainly would appreciate it. You're already doing us a favor by listening to this show, so if you are hearing this, make sure that you are subscribed wherever you need to be subscribed, whether that's on YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, uh Facebook, etc., Twitter, whatever. Follow us, subscribe, whatever your podcast app is. We're going to be over there as well. So go ahead and check that out. It's going to have a, uh, a shorter show this evening. It, typically, the Sunday night shows are Sunday night, you know, early Monday morning, uh, just to kind of get a, uh, a start to the week, give you something to put in your listening feed on your podcast. And, uh, and that's what we try and do here. And I do the solo show on Sunday night. 
Chris does a solo show on Tuesday night, and then we do our live shows on Monday and Wednesday afternoons. So, uh, we appreciate you for being here with us. Leave a nice five-star review, and make sure and like the videos, subscribe on YouTube, all that good stuff. You can find us at winningcureseverything.com. You can find us at sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. That's where you can get our college football content. And today's show is a little NFL heavy, but my gosh, there was so much going on last week that, uh, you know, we, we wanted to make sure and, and knock out all the draft stuff. And now we will start with you this week going through the NFL schedule, all the different things that are coming up. Uh, but we got some stories that we're going to hit this evening. So we will start off with the first story, which is Tim Tebow. Now, of course, we have to bring up Tim Tebow. He was the biggest topic uh, going last week for whatever reason. He was a big topic on draft night. Obviously, it kind of got overshadowed by the Aaron Rodgers news. But Tim Tebow has signed a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's not a guarantee he's going to make the roster. That basically means he is part of the 90-man team, um, or whatever the number is. I cannot remember off the top of my head right now. But either way, he is a part of the team, and he will be able to try out to make the 53-man squad for game days. So I'm not sure why everybody thinks that this is so ridiculous. Obviously, the opinions out there right now are he's taking a spot from somebody else that would have earned it, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Look, the bottom line is this. The Jacksonville Jaguars have a complete cultural shift that they are trying to accomplish right now. And it did not matter if Tebow was coming back as a tight end, as a wide receiver, as a quarterback, as an offensive lineman, as a punter, as whatever. Urban Meyer just wants Tebow in the building. That's it. That's the only reason that he is even working out for this squad. Now, right or wrong... That's what Urban Meyer wants. He wants somebody that's going to help lead the transition. And and I understand where he's coming from. You want your guys in the locker room if you are a first-time NFL head coach. I don't know that I blame him. I don't know that I blame him at all for that. I would probably do the same thing. Uh, Urban Meyer, the latest thing is he has said that uh, there is a decision coming soon about this. Um you know, he will indeed be signed. It says the signing has not happened just yet. Um, you know, I, there's a chance Tebow could just be, you know, a part of the coaching staff. He could just be somebody that doesn't make the roster, but he's a, a good person to have around your franchise. And I get it. Like, I, I totally understand. Um, on May the 11th, earlier this week, there was a report that, you know, the Jaguars were planning to sign him and that everyone in the locker room is not exactly going to roll out the red carpet for him. And and I get that too. Like, I understand. Tebow is a massive, massive... Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? He's a, a big-time distraction. That's the word I'm looking for. He brings a lot of media attention. And one of the good things that this could do, you have a number one overall quarterback that should be a, a senior in college next year. He came out early, Trevor Lawrence. Everybody knows, everybody thinks that he's the, the greatest thing since sliced bread at the quarterback position. Uh, the best overall quarterback since Andrew Luck to come out in the draft. I understand all that, but it's also a lot of pressure for him to single-handedly uh, change over a franchise that's bringing in a new head coach that went 1-15 last year, that still has a lot of guys in the locker room that love Gardner Minshew, like all this different stuff. You bring in somebody like Tebow, 
it kind of changes it. You know, people are more worried about Tebow than they are about Trevor Lawrence, who himself is coming off of surgery. You know, on top of that, you signed a running back with your uh, second first, uh, excuse me, second first round pick, and you're turning him into a wide receiver. Like, as a matter of fact, let's go ahead and move to that. Uh, that's another big thing that's going on with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that would be that Travis Etienne, they have stated that he is not working out with the running backs. Um, the majority of his reps have been at receiver during the first two days of the team's rookie minicamp. And it, while it's it's interesting to look at and say, this bunch has no idea what they're doing, Urban and, and that staff has said that they basically want him to be another Percy Harvin. And Travis Etienne is an absolute playmaker. The reason he came back for his senior season was he wanted to prove that he could catch the ball out of the backfield. In in 2020, he really showed that he could do that. Uh, he caught 102 passes for 1,155 yards and eight touchdowns um, over his career. In 2020, just last season, he caught 48 uh, receptions for 588 yards and two touchdowns. Like, he showed that he is capable of moving out of the backfield. Uh, Percy Harvin, for those that don't remember, was one of the most dynamic players that that ever played for Meyer. And and honestly, you talk to people around the league, Percy Harvin was the guy with the Seahawks. He was a different caliber of athlete. He was faster than everybody else. He could make moves that nobody else could make. I mean, he was a, he was one of a kind. He was absolutely legit. So if they're trying to turn him into that, you know, he is a dynamic player. I get that. If you can find any way for him to be anything like Percy Harvin, where you can bring him out of the backfield, you can take him in the slot, you can put him out of the post, like there's a lot of different things that you can do with Travis Etienne. I don't know that I would have used a first-round pick on a guy that I wasn't sure of, but they seem to be fairly sure of him, and, and they so far have been lining him up at wide receiver, which makes sense. I mean, they already got running backs. They already got dudes that can produce at the NFL level. So why would you not? do Travis Etienne at wide receiver. It's it's strange to see the way that they are building this franchise. I don't know if it's going to work, but I think it's interesting. I think this is really smart. And and still, Chris and I have talked about this back and forth. Um, I don't think it's awful or an awful decision to have somebody come in. I, I do think it's weird that it was your, your first-round pick, another first-round pick. But I don't think it's a bad idea to have somebody that's your you know, signature quarterback, your franchise quarterback is comfortable with coming into rookie camp with him, et cetera. Get somebody that he knows, somebody he's friends with, that he trusts. And and I think that can go a long way. Chemistry is such an underrated part of this game for whatever reason. People just don't seem to think about it. But I think that a lot of teams are starting to figure this out. And, and the biggest reason they're figuring it out is, you know, offenses and whatnot, it's all predicated on timing. It's all predicated on knowing the next step that that receiver or that running back or whoever is going to take. And, you know, now you got Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase. You got Tua Tagovailoa with uh, Jalen Waddell. You got, you know, Jalen Hurts with Devonta Smith. You, you got guys that have played together that know the moves that they are going to make. And, and yes, you can work on that in the offseason and whatnot. But if you, got, if you got a chance to get somebody that's been doing it for years together, why not? Why not take a shot with it? So I don't think it's awful. I think uh, I think it's a good opportunity and a good experiment. If you're Urban Meyer, what do you got to lose? 
Like you're taking over a losing franchise. What's the worst thing you're going to do? Lose again? I mean, they, they went 1-15 last year. It it really doesn't get much worse than that. So try out a few things and see if you can get an edge somewhere. I'm a, I'm a fan of it. You know, it, anything that's different will uh, will most likely end up being better for the Jaguars. Had some interesting news come out last week. Uh, former Denver Broncos offensive tackle Jawan James is strongly considering filing a grievance with the NFLPA for lost wages. Now, this is the player that tore his Achilles tendon when he was working out away from the team facility last week. Now, he was released on Friday with a post-June 1 designation. They said that he could seek more than $10 million in salary for the 2021 season. And it, the reason he's doing that, it, it looks like the Broncos are not going to cover this after they designated him with a non-football injury. This is where it's going to get crazy. We've talked on the show multiple times about OTAs and the fact that players are saying that they don't want to show up for these off-season workouts. And it started with COVID last year. Obviously, everything was done through Zoom. Everything was set up remotely, uh, virtually, whatever you want to call it. And they all, did, to almost to a T, and Aaron Rodgers was like the leader of this. He said that he felt so much better, so much healthier, uh, less stress on him, didn't have to go through those OTAs, didn't have to, you know, blah, 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 blah. And basically, across the league, all of the veterans said, hey, we kind of like getting an entire offseason. We don't want to come back for early workouts or anything like that. We think that we are just fine. The football did not uh, lack. You know, it wasn't bad football that they were playing once they got to the season. So they immediately felt like, hey, we don't have to work out in, in May. Like, we can just come in for training camp in July, and we'll be fine. And I understand that. Now, it, it's definitely not going to help rookies. And the NFLPA cannot stop rookies from coming in to collect on their check and all that. So I don't know how that's going to work. But this is a big part of it because a lot of these contracts are written in so that if you have an injury outside of the team facility, you can be cut. And the first instance of this is, of course, Juwan James, offensive tackle for the uh, Broncos, that tore his Achilles while he was doing football workouts and whatnot outside of the facility. And when you do that, you risk losing a massive, massive payday. I mean, we're talking, you know, eight figures here, $10 million plus million that he may not be able to make because he was working out not at the team facility. It, they're going to want you to stay in shape, obviously. But if you've got team or if you've got OTAs and whatnot set up, if you have these early season workouts or early preseason workouts, and you don't show up for them, and you're just going to work out by yourself, that's a risk. That's an absolute risk. Now, you know, obviously, Chris and I both try and side with the players as much as humanly possible, but contracts are contracts, and and we both feel the same about that. I. I'm curious what they're going to end up doing with this. If he files a grievance, I don't know what they're going to what they're going to say. Like I don't know what they're going to end up ruling on this. Um I don't know that the NFLPA can do anything about it. They'll try. Obviously they'll try. I mean, they're going to push for their players, but you know, they they were still allowing team or uh, players into the facilities. And this is one of those players that decided he didn't want to go into the facility. He just wanted to work out at home. 
it's it's strange. Um, the Broncos have no contractual obligation to pay players that are injured away from the uh, team facilities. So this is uh this is going to be interesting to see what ends up happening because I think that this could set forward what ends up happening over the next however many years throughout this CBA that was set up and all that. And that it it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. So we'll move off of that. Uh, last week, of course, the NFL schedule came out. We're not going to talk too much about it because Chris and I are going to discuss it much more on the Monday show, I would imagine. But uh, we will go ahead and talk about the Tom Brady return to New England. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And that has become the most like unprecedented, ridiculously priced uh, regular season game in, in NFL history. His return to Foxborough, his return to the Patriots, is week four of this NFL season. You cannot get into the building on StubHub or any of these other ones, or on Ticketmaster, etc., the NFL's official ticket exchange, they say. You can't get in for less than $1,200. It, it goes up to 5100 bucks. Chris was actually trying to get tickets to get in. And it's it's absurd. that There's there's a lot of people that cannot afford this. But it is, it's going to be an incredibly interesting game. It's Sunday Night Football. It's a primetime game. It's, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, apparently, the Raiders have the second highest price tickets uh, for their first game with fans in Las Vegas. But you can still get it for like less than eight hundred bucks. That's pretty cheap compared to the Tom Brady stuff. So uh, the NFL schedules and whatnot, of course, when when that stuff all came out, there was, you know, I, obviously everybody's looking to figure out who's who's got the easiest schedule, who's got this and that. Uh, Warren Sharp talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Washington Football Team having basically nothing but bottom ten pass defenses for the last eight weeks of the season. That's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the odds to win divisions. Now that we have schedules out, now that everything's you know coming through like that, the we'll start with the AFC East. And Buffalo is the minus 145 favorite. The Dolphins 
are at plus 350. They are third in this division with New England now sitting at plus 300. So New England is is right there at second. The Jets at plus 2100. A little strange. A little strange. The Jets, I, I mean, I know that they're the Jets. I know they're awful. But there's always somebody that goes from worst to first. So it would not surprise me to see them bump up here. Uh, in the AFC North, Baltimore is your favorite right now. Plus 135 at some spots, plus 130. Uh, you can get Cleveland right behind them at plus 145, plus 140. The Steelers, plus 380, plus 375. They won the division last year, and they've got a pretty tough schedule. Like it, It's kind of ridiculous. None of us really believes in, in Big Ben. He's been, you know, he's a little long in the tooth, a little long in the tooth. And, and they still got offensive line issues, all that kind of stuff. But would it surprise you to see Pittsburgh win this division? I don't think it would really surprise anybody. Uh, they always seem to find a way to win there for whatever reason. And even though the team is not constructed beautifully, uh, there's still a shot, you know, plus 375. Uh, Cincinnati, the Bengals, at plus 2,000. You can find them at, like, plus 1,400 some spots. But uh, Bavada has them at plus 2,000 right now. The AFC South was interesting to me. The Colts are sitting at plus 100. And there must be a lot of believers in Carson Wentz and, and what he can do with Frank Reich. I, I'm guessing that's what's happening. Tennessee is plus 125. Now, there's there's holes on Tennessee's team that you need to figure out. But, you know, you got Jacksonville at plus 700, and you got Houston at plus 2200. Neither of those teams is winning the division. So it is between Indianapolis and Tennessee. And you're basically putting your trust in Carson Wentz. I mean, we'll see. You know, it's it's interesting. But either way, the AFC West is another interesting one. Kansas City is minus 270. But if the Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos trade ends up happening, Denver right now is plus 400. The Chargers are plus 600. The Vegas Raiders are plus 1250. I If Denver ends up getting Aaron Rodgers, you know that number's going to come down. And it, it's already come down some. So I'm I'm very curious what they will end up doing here, um, but that is that's that's a high high number, you know. Kansas City supposed to be better than everybody. We get it. They got the best quarterback in football right now. I get it. But I mean, you never know injuries, all that kind of stuff. Like Denver at plus four hundred, is it really that out of the question? I I know Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke are the quarterbacks. I I get it. But is that really is that really plus four hundred to win the division? I mean, good gracious. Uh, NFC East, we'll move over to that side, to that conference. The NFC East, Dallas is plus 125, and then Washington is plus 220. I fully expected to see Washington as the favorite here, and they were not. They were not at all. Uh, you can get them at plus 250 a couple of spots, uh, but Dallas plus 125, plus 110 at a couple of places. Like A lot of people think Dak is just going to come back and not miss a beat, and the issue wasn't the offense last year. Like, the issue was that defense, and just because they drafted a bunch of rookies, I don't think that that necessarily means that they're going to be good this year. Uh, I think the schedule helps them out quite a bit. Obviously, they've got a third-place schedule, but, man, that is, uh, that's is—that's something else. The Giants are plus 400 uh, or plus 450 a couple of spots, and the Eagles plus 550, plus 450 uh, a couple of different spots there. NFC North, Green Bay is minus 120. That obviously will change if Aaron Rodgers is shipped out. Uh, at this point, I don't know that I fully expect him to be. So, you know, minus 120. Minnesota is plus 250. Chicago plus 325. And Detroit plus 3,000. I don't really have a feel there. I mean, I, I would imagine Green Bay is is talented. 
Like they're they're talented across the board. It's not, you know, if they lose Aaron Rodgers, obviously that's going to hurt. Um, but that's still a, a pretty good team. So you never know. And then uh, we've got two more divisions: the NFC South. Tampa Bay is minus one seventy five. That makes perfect sense. New Orleans plus three hundred. Uh, you know, this is life after Drew Brees. I guess we will figure out what they end up doing. Even though New Orleans won the division last year, um, I don't know if they're going to go with Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. I would imagine it's Taysom. Who knows? But then Atlanta plus eight hundred, Carolina plus eight hundred. Those those all make sense. And then finally the NFC West. It's a lot of love for San Francisco, who has had a losing season in three of the last four years. Now the year that they had Jimmy G stay healthy, they went to the Super Bowl. Now they lost, but San Francisco is at plus one ninety five right now. The Rams are at plus one ninety five. Seattle plus three hundred and Arizona plus four fifty. I have been telling Chris that I think that this is the toughest division in football. I don't know that it's the best division. I think maybe the AFC North is the best division as far as, like, the strongest teams. But I think that, I think this is the best division. I think any team in this division could end up winning. And San Francisco at plus 195 is is nuts. Like, just nuts. I just, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy G. You don't know how that locker room is going to be. I would imagine if everybody comes back healthy, you know, then it makes sense. But for them to be, you know, the favorite there, it just kind of doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The Rams, I think, with Matt Stafford, I guess we also don't really know what Matt Stafford's going to be like, right? He's he's only been with the Lions. We've only seen him there. We fully expect that him and Sean McVay's offense is going to be, uh, they're going to run roughshod across this league. But we don't know that. And then, of course, Seattle, with Russell Wilson coming back, they've been good forever with him. I, they seem to have a good receiving core right now. They've got you know they got weapons all over the place. They got rid of Brian Schottenheimer. Seems like they're going to go more towards a a passing offense as opposed to wanting to run. But we don't necessarily know that because Pete Carroll likes to uh, focus on the run. He likes to build his offense around running the football. We'll see what happens there. I'm I'm very curious. So there's a there's a lot to discuss with the NFL. We will talk about that more on the Monday live show. But uh, but yeah, I'm excited. NFL, it's you know this is supposed to be a dead time. We we're gonna have a lot to talk about with the NFL, a lot to talk about. And finally, we will wrap up this podcast, this show, with the Egg Bowl. Moving to college football for just a minute. But I was very excited when I saw this news break last week, and that is that the Egg Bowl is moving back to Thanksgiving night. Now it had become a bit of a staple on Thanksgiving night. For those that have watched football, college football, for a long, long time, obviously the NFL has got three games on Thanksgiving now. We had one that was postponed last year, um, but you know you still got your Lions game, you still got your Cowboys game. The Ravens-Steelers game that was supposed to be on Thanksgiving night last year went away. And because of the weird college football schedule, there was no college football game on, on Thanksgiving night. I think there was one game, it was like Utah State and New Mexico or something. It was, it was bad football. But on ESPN, it has been the Egg Bowl for quite some time, 2017 through 2019, and then a couple of years before that, the Egg Bowl was on Thanksgiving forever. And there's some fans that obviously love it. There's some fans that hate it because uh, you can't, you know, spend all your time with your family because you got to be at a game or whatever. And that's that's the people that are actually at the game. But for those of us that are just common college football fans that enjoy the rivalry, that enjoy seeing it, I really liked having it on Thanksgiving night. 
It was something that you could just guarantee you were going to be watching, right? The the hate, the rivalry, the everything. And now, with Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin at the helm in Starkville and Oxford, this is perfect for Thanksgiving night. You've got a national audience. All of the people that are not going to be watching the NFL game, whether it's a bad game or not, are going to be watching this game, and I am pumped about it. I think it's a perfect showcase to show football in the state of Mississippi because this is a nasty rivalry, and we're not we're we're past all of the intense hatred and the fights and all that. We're done with that as of right now, but from what I believe, anyway, it, it seemed like there's a mutual admiration between both of these coaches, and we saw that last year in the Egg Bowl game that they had uh, late in the season, but. I'm I'm excited about this. I think this is going to be good for them, and and I hope. Now this is 21-22. I hope it continues past that. I hope this is the marquee Thanksgiving game. I think it's good for both programs. It gets them in front of a lot more eyeballs than they typically would be in front of on just a random Saturday. I think this rivalry is fun. It's a fun matchup to see these two teams from the state of Mississippi, where Chris and I reside. Um, you know, we're just south of the, the Memphis, Tennessee border, but we have a lot of friends and family that are knee-deep in the Egg Bowl rivalry. And I am pumped about it being back on Thanksgiving. So, with that said, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Again, reminder, winningcureseverything.com is the website. Go and check that out. And make sure that you are subscribed at all the different places that you can subscribe on your podcast feed. We would certainly appreciate that. YouTube, etc. sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. There are links in the description, so go ahead and check those out. Uh, I think that's uh, I think that's going to be it for this show. We will talk about a lot more on the Monday afternoon live show. We would appreciate you jumping in and being a part of the conversation. You can always join the chat over there. With that said, you guys take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.